Everybody doing good today? Come on, man. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, that's a great verse and a great passage to claim, and, um, and it is. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And today, you know, we're in the second part of this series called Empowered, and we're talking about using our spiritual gifts, and I just feel like it's important for us to be together if we can. I know we've got people joining online, and if you're joining us online, welcome. Man. We're glad you're here. I met with a family just this past week that said they were going to be going to, uh, to the mountains uh, today, and they would be watching online. So, hey, shout out to you guys if you're watching online. That's awesome. If you're watching from somewhere in the world, we're glad you're here. But, hey, if you're in town, don't be laying up in the bed. You need to come on to church, right? You know what I'm saying? We need to gather as the body of Christ, and we need to, we need to use our gifts to help build up the body of Christ, to strengthen one another. And so there's, there's good things about being online, but there's something that just is special about being in the room. There's something that's special about using your gifts. There's something special about being able to say, you know what, man, God, God gave me that ability, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm using it for His glory and for His kingdom. And so we're in this series called Empowered, and, and again, today, it's like, like I said, we're on the second part of this, and it's probably a four-part series. That's where I always say I'm going to try to do it in four parts, but it may be more than that, and we'll be unpacking some things as we move through here uh, about what the spiritual gifts are, because this is something that has caused a lot of division in churches and and really, if anything that Satan can use to cause a division or factions or disagreements, then he feels like he's won, right? And uh, so what we are praying for is we're praying for unity. We're praying for God to give us unity as a church. I mean, we would, we would understand, you know what, that God is at work. He wants to work in me. He wants to work through me. He, wants to, he has given me spiritual gifts that he intends to use, for me to use, to help build up the body of Christ, to strengthen others. And so we want to do those things. So a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith. In other words, it's a way of expressing my faith in who God is and what God has done through the person of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm expressing my faith in what happened on the cross. I'm expressing my faith in the power of the resurrection. And in Pentecost, whenever the Holy Spirit was sent, and, and God said, hey, listen, I'm going to do incredible things through you. He said, hey, listen, I'm sending one that will work in you and through you. And so he seals us with the Holy Spirit you know, until the day of redemption. And so we want to be unified on that. So we, it helps us to express our faith effectively for the building up of the body of Christ and of another's faith, of other people around us, right? And so that spiritual gift that is given, it's not for me. It's not for you. It's not for me to brag about and boast about. But if anything, it's, about for, it's for me to use to help build up the body of Christ, the church, you know, the bride of Christ. And it's also to help build up another person's faith. So spiritual gifts, we read this last week in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth there. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities of the Spirit, uh, the, the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So I'm saying, hey, we're trying to understand how the spiritual gifts work. And like I said, some of us come from backgrounds. You know, we, we have people in this room, like I've said this last week, this is a melting pot of people, of denominations. And I get that. And here's, to be honest with you, I love that. I love the fact that we come from so much diversity. But what I would say is there has to be unity, and we have to be unified in what we, you know, what we believe and, and kind of where we stand on these things, and we don't want things to divide us, we want things to bring us closer to one another. And I believe that God's Word is clear that where He is, there is unity, you know, and that, you know, there's not chaos, there's not, there's not stuff like that, but man, there's unity. And we're on mission, we're on His, we're on his mission, we're focused on His mission. So we want to understand the spiritual gifts, not be afraid of them, not run from them, and not, you know, and, and, and here's the other thing, is not give the enemy credit for what God has done. That's blasphemy. And so we don't want to do that. So, so we go to God's word for understanding and guidance. And this is where we should always go for anything. I mean, if you're having issue, issues in your marriage, you go to the, God's word. If you're having issues with a friend, you go to God's word. If you're having issues physically, you go to God's word. 
You know, no matter what it is, we are to go to Scripture. That is the blueprint for life. That is what God has given us as our guide, right? And so whenever we get into the Word of God, man, we can see how God is speaking to us. And as we read Scripture, it's reading us. The Holy Spirit is working. It's taking that Scripture, and it's literally working in our heart. Oftentimes, He will point out an area. He'll literally put His finger on an area and say, hey, listen, this area is not surrendered to Christ. This area is sin in your life. This area is not honoring the Father. And so that conviction that comes through the Holy Spirit, through the reading of his word and the word reading us, we, we come under conviction. We go, God, I want to confess that. And I believe that last week that there were some people that repented of some sin in their life for not using their spiritual gifts. And they said, you know what, God, I, I want to be used by you. I want to be used to help build up the body of Christ. I don't want to be used as a gossip. I don't want to be used as someone who causes factions or division. I don't want to be somebody who is, has a critical spirit who's always tearing people down. God, I want to be somebody who is building up. And I want my words to build up those around me. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I just want to be used by you. And so, God, here I am. Use me. I surrender. I give you everything that I've got. And too often we go, God, I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you Sunday morning. I'll give you about an hour and a half. Uh, God, I'll give you this. And we say, hey, God, just, if you can use me in that time, you know, here I am. And then we get there and we go, you know what, God, I, I really don't want to do anything. I really just want to come and sit. I just want to kind of soak it up. And I feel like, you know, I need to be poured into. And some of you have been poured into for like 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? And it's time to be giving away. It's time to be giving back. And it's time to be pouring into someone else's bucket. And too often we just sit here and we just soak it up. And we become spiritually obese. And we go, man, I, you know, I know all these things. And I've, you know, but I'm not really applying all these things. And I'm not really living out these things. And God is hey, listen, man, it's time to step up. And it's time to step out. And so we go to God's word for understanding and guidance. And we covered this last week. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Don't miss that. If you're going through your week without spending time in God's word, you're missing out on the best part of your week. It is alive and it is powerful. And so if you need some power in your life, if you need some authority in your life, then get into God's word and let God speak into your life. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It brings to light those things that do not honor God. We read God, it reads us. We read God's word, it reads us. And oftentimes it reveals that, you know what, we're chasing after the world. We're chasing after the things that this world offers and promises rather than the things that God offers and promises. And so the more that we read God's word, you know, the more that we can come under conviction. But there's also times that we come under encouragement, right? We read that and we go, you know, God, thank you for that. I needed to hear that. God, thank you that you're affirming me. So my prayer is that God is going to affirm some of you guys today that you'll go you'll walk out of here going you know what I know that I have this gift and I want to use this gift to help build up the body of Christ I've been I've been made for this and so nothing in all creation is hidden from God nothing we can't hide from God right Psalms 139 we're going to read a little bit of that today but we cannot hide from God it doesn't matter where we go he's there you may think well I'm going to run from God you can't run from him he's everywhere right he, he's he's all present Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So we, in other words, we'll give an account of how we have lived, how we've used our gifts, you know, what we've done to build up the church, what we've done to tear down the church, what we've done to be a good witness, what we've done to be a bad witness. All those things we will give an account of one day, right? I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, I have, I'll give an account of how I have taught and led this church. That's a, that's a huge responsibility. That's kind of a weight that you have to bear if you're a pastor, you have to go, you know what, I'll give an account for how I've led. And so all of us have to go, you know, God, what do I do with these gifts and how do I use them for your glory and for your good? And so, God, I, I, want, I want it to be about you. So we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Let me be clear. 
I, I said this last week. I feel like I need to probably say this nearly every Sunday that we're teaching. Is we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We believe that God's Word is enough. You know, and, and so we look into Scripture. If something happens and it doesn't line up with God's Word, then God's Word trumps whatever just happened. Does that make sense? Everybody understand that? This means yes, if you can shake your head, yeah. So in other words, it has to, it has to line up with God's Word because God's Word is really the litmus test. And so God's Word is our standard. You know, Jesus was the Word, became flesh, He dwelt among us. And so we look to the Word of God. And if God's Word does not solidify it, does not confirm it, then we begin to go, you know what, maybe that doesn't measure up to what God's Word says. And oftentimes God's Word will speak against something. We say, you know what, I'm going with God's Word. God's Word trumps what everybody's thinking, feeling, or whatever. God's Word is sufficient. So it's the sufficiency of Scripture. So like I said, Scripture is enough. Let me hit it again. All right, the Son of God is revealed through the Word of God. So we believe without question that God's Word, whether you're in the Old Testament, is pointing towards Jesus. You get to the New Testament, it's talking about Jesus. I mean, it's describing Him. Everything about the Scriptures are pointing to the Messiah, pointing to Jesus. And, and, And you can go back in every prophecy that is fulfilled. I was reading where a friend of mine this past week was writing about Isaiah and about how discouraged he was because a lot of the things that he prophesied about and he, you know, he promised or whatever didn't come to pass until after he had died. And so much of what he wrote about pointed towards Jesus, pointed towards Jesus, and he didn't get to see that happen. We get to read the book, right? You know, and we get to read the book, and oftentimes we wonder why the disciples did what they did, but we get to read the whole book. We get to look into God's Word. We get to see what happened after you know the resurrection we get to see what happened after you know Pentecost we get to see the, the book and we get to see all these things but man these guys are living it out and so they're they're looking at it, but everything in that scripture is pointing to Jesus the son of God but I'd also say this the spiritual gifts are identified and encouraged in God's word so we talked about last week that there's two camps there's a cessationist who believes that, hey, you know, the, the gifts have ceased. You know, with the closing of the, of the Bible, with the canon of Scripture, they say, you know, all that ended with the death of the apostles and stuff. And I, I don't agree with that. I believe that Scripture is pretty clear. Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to churches. He's given instructions. He's given directions. to you. I would say that I'm a continuationist, and I believe that the gifts are still at work. There are still miracles, and there are still works and wonders that God is doing. And so I'm open to that. And, and like I said, you know, I think that it can swing in both directions. It can get charismatic crazy, and it can go over here. Can it become legalistic? Man, just junk. And, and so we can, we can swing to abuse in either direction, but we have to stay again on God's Word. It has to be what does God's Word say. So when Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, or he's writing to the church in Rome, he's writing about spiritual gifts. We can't say, all right, that doesn't work anymore. And, and oftentimes what we do is we want to pick and choose, and we'll say, well, I like these, I'm comfortable with these, so I'll go with these because that's what I'm comfortable with. But these, man, I don't know, that seems supernatural. I don't know if I really want to, you know, t- deal with that and I don't understand it. Let me tell you, there's plenty of things about God that I don't understand and I won't understand completely until I'm standing in, in front of Him. You know what I'm saying? In heaven. There will be a day when I'll know all things, but right now I'm still learning. I'm, I'm still growing in my faith. I'm still learning what it means to, to pursue uh, you know, Jesus to chase after him, to follow him, and to die to self. I mean, every day we're learning that, right? So the spiritual gifts are identified and encouraged in there. So here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. It says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. So he's writing to the church. He says what? There's gifts, right? But the same spirit is the source of them all. The same spirit is the source of them all. It's not like we, we go, hey, well, I'll go over here and get this. Everything comes through the work of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everything works through that trinity. 
that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives the gifts, is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So it goes back to what I was saying last week. Oftentimes what we will do is we'll elevate certain gifts. We'll say, well, he has the gift of teaching. He gets to get up in front of people or whatever. That's the more important gift. Not necessarily. You know, Scripture, and we'll, we're going to unpack this over the next couple of weeks. Scripture is clear that there are certain areas and certain parts of the body that are taken care of that aren't necessarily in the public eye, right? And so the body of Christ has to work together. So everybody that's in this room and everybody that's watching online that is a believer that has put their faith in Christ, that has said, you know what, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe with all of my heart, with all the faith that I have, that he died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the world. I believe that he died. I believe they ran a spear into his side to make sure he was dead. They took down his dead body. They laid it in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, he was resurrected by the power of God and the Spirit of God. Amen? That's the good news. That's the gospel. And then he, he defeated death. He defeated the grave. He defeated sin. He defeated it all. He defeated hell, and he says, hey, listen, you know, I give to you, I offer to you salvation if you'll put your trust, your faith, your hope in what I have done for you to redeem you. And so everybody that had put their faith in Christ, all who believe are reborn, are, are made new, right? They're given a, a new name, and their, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and a new heart. And so what I'm telling you is whenever we believe with everything that's in us, and we always want to call it, we always want to say, well, you know, you got to do something to earn that. You can't earn salvation. It's a gift. Now, here's the thing is we, we, by faith, we receive that gift. Now, we grow up and we mature. We work out our salvation. That's called sanctification because as we're living out our faith, man, we're, we're, we're working out that faith. We're growing in our faith. But the thing is, it's by, it's by faith that we're saved, not by works. Anybody, nobody can boast about that, right? And so what we do, though, is we go, hey, man, but what do you have to do to get saved you know, do you have to go to church? Do you have to read the Bible every day? Do you have to do all these things? You don't have to do any of those things, but you do those things because you are saved. You do those things because you put your faith in Christ. You do those things because you have been redeemed. And you go, I love God, and I want to know more about him. I, I want to understand who Jesus really was. And so we go into the scriptures that point to Jesus, and they reveal who he is. And then we go into the scriptures, and it reveals what the gifts are and how they're to work to help build up the body of Christ, which is the bride of Christ, which is the church which is what Jesus died for. And so every one of us in here who is a believer should really love the church because it's the bride of Christ. Because Jesus loves it, right? He gave his life for it. And, and so here, again, the, all of this is for the what? The same Lord. So it doesn't matter who's in this room and what your gifts are, you matter. And I'm just telling you, God has put ministry in your heart. You just don't know it yet. God has put ministry in your heart. And he wants to use you to help build up the body of Christ. He wants you to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each other so that we can what? Help each other. It's not for me. It's not for me to brag about. It's not for me to boast about. It's not even for me at all. But it's for others. And so when we, we begin to die to self, we, we realize, you know what? Hey, these gifts are given for me to serve the people around me, to meet the needs of those around me. And maybe God's given you the gift of encouragement. Man, he wants you to speak encouragement over some people around you that just need to be encouraged today. And he wants you to, here's what I would say, and this goes back to what I was saying about being here. We, we have to be around other people to use these gifts. You can't sit at home and lay in the bed and say, you know what, God, I want to use you my gift of encouragement today. Now, I guess you could get on your phone and text somebody. Maybe you could use it that way. But you need to be around people, right? And if you're one of those people that you don't like people, that's a heart issue because Jesus loved people. And if you're following Jesus, you got to love people. 
You may not always like what they do or like what they say or how they act, but we have to love people and we have to forgive people because he said to. But a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Now, we talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, some people would say there are nine spiritual gifts because that's what they're comfortable with, or some would say there's 12 spiritual gifts. I even heard a guy say this past week, he thinks there's 27 gifts. And then some would say, hey, I think there's an infinite number of gifts. But let's, let's kind of unpack a little bit more of, of, of what it's about. It says, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. That's the Holy Spirit. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Let me read that again. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should get. We don't get to pray for it. You know, we, can, we, we want to develop the gifts. And the Bible even says to covet certain gifts. In other words, to want them. But here's the thing. We can want something. It's kind of like, you know, my dad used to say, hey, you can want one hand and you can do something else in the other and see which one fills up. I don't know what y'all's dad said. I, I could probably, you probably guess what my dad said. You know, and so you can want all day long. But, it, you know, it's the decision that he makes. The Holy Spirit says, hey, listen, this is the gift you're getting. This is the gift that you will get. Because this is how I'm going to use you to help build up the body of Christ. Remember, it's not about me. It's about... The, it's about the kingdom of God and about building up the church. So we've got to trust the Holy Spirit. So only believers have spiritual gifts. And let me just tell you, if you're watching online or you're sitting in the room and you're not a believer, maybe you're still kind of weighing out Christianity. You're going, hey, is this thing really real? Is, is Christianity really the way? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And so there, maybe you're one of those where you're going, hey, I think there's a lot of roads that lead to heaven. That would be a universalist mentality, which is really a false teaching. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there's one way. It's by faith in me, is what he said. The, 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 the God of the universe became flesh, and he told us how to get to that right relationship. And so whenever we put our faith in him and we surrender our life, we become a believer. You know, and so we put our faith in Jesus, we surrender our life to Jesus, and therefore we become a believer, a follower of Christ. And so when you do that, you're given a spiritual gift, but only, only believers have spiritual gifts. You can't earn or work for a spiritual gift. You can't work towards one. And, hey, I'm going to study more. and I'm going to read the Bible more. And maybe God will give me this one that I want. That's not how that works, right? We've already read that. The Holy Spirit determines what you'll get. So you can't earn one. You can't work for it. You can't, you can't learn more of Scripture. You can't make it happen. You have, to, you have to receive the gift. And here's the thing is, if you, if you earn it, it's not a gift anymore anyway, right? So if, if you can earn it, it's no longer, it's a wage then. It's just a payment. But if you, can't, if you can earn it, then it's no longer a gift. So the Holy Spirit decides what gifts I get. So we, we've nailed that down, right? So we know that. The Holy Spirit decides what gifts I get. I don't have a say. I just have to trust him. You know, and, and I'll, I'll share with somebody just a few minutes ago. I said, hey, whatever God wants to give me, I'm good with it. I trust him. I trust him over anything and everything. And I trust the Holy Spirit to give me what I need. And so here's the last one. I am to develop the gifts God gives me. So whatever gift God has given me, you know, I, I need to work at developing that gift. Scripture tells us that. And, and so if I have the gift of teaching, I need to work at being the best teacher I can possibly be. You know, praying for God to make sure that my heart's right, get, praying for God to give me illustrations. And, and I'll tell you guys, you know, I, I, I've been at a conference all week long. And I was praying, you know, for God to, you know, throughout the, the week, I was praying, God, you know, tell me what you want to say to your people Sunday. God, what is the message for the church Sunday? And so I'm at this conference, and I'm talking about from early, you know, to late most every day, you know, Thursday night, I got home like 1030 or whatever, because I not only did I have that conference, then I had a meeting afterwards. And, and so I even messaged Don and I said, hey, listen, sermon notes may be late tomorrow. But they weren't uh, because God woke me up that morning, literally 
writing this message on my heart as I lay in the bed and was praying. And so I got up and went in and began to script out what I felt like God had put on my heart that I felt like he wanted to say to his church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so here's the thing. I want to develop that gift of teaching, but I am dependent upon the, the, the Father and the Holy Spirit to tell me what he wants to say to his people. So I need to develop that gift. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better teacher. Whatever that gift is, I need to work at being the best that I can be at that. Now, here's the thing. Some of it is just supernatural. God just gives you stuff. But there are other things that we can do to work at being better at that. You know, and so we need to work that. So we need to develop the gifts that God has given us. You know, God's given us a gift, but he said, hey, listen, learn how to use it. You know, and here's the other thing. Get around people where you can use it, right? You can't develop that gift sitting by yourself or just playing on social media. You have to say, you know what? God, get me around people. Get me around the body of Christ. God, get me around some folks where I can use this. And I believe, I believe that God's word is clear. It's a sin to waste the gifts God's given me. If God has given me a gift and I'm not using it, I believe that becomes sin because God has given me a gift. He's told me to spur one another, uh, one another on towards love and good deeds. He's told me to use these gifts to help build up the body of Christ, and I'm not doing that. That's disobedience. And you might say, well, you know, Mike, I'm planning on doing that one day. Well, that's, di- that's, that's delayed obedience is still disobedience, right? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And then here's the other one. We'll say, well, you know, well, Mike, I'm just not sure what that is. That's ignorance of the law, we would say, in things. I, I know what speed limit was. All right, there are times that we've got to be willing to say, God, I know how to figure that out, and I know the steps to figure that out. I'm just not willing to do that. Then again, that's delayed obedience. So we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to figure out what my spiritual gifts are, and, and, I, and I hopefully will be able to help us understand how God reveals that. But he reveals it through his word, but he also reveals it through circumstances and how he supernaturally works in and through us in situations with the, with the body of Christ. So using my gifts honors God and builds up the body of Christ. That, there's no getting around that, right? And, and if I'm using these gifts to, to honor God, to point towards God, to make much of Jesus, his son, to make much of the, the gospel, then here's the thing, God is honored in that. Whenever I'm using what he's given me, the ability he's given me, and, and, and we're going to look at more than just spiritual gifts, but everything that he's given me. When I'm using everything he's given me, for his glory, he's honored in that. And he's honored in that. And, and here's the thing. And the body of Christ, man, they benefit from that. So whenever I'm using my gifts, God is honored. He's glorified. You're talking about worship? worship we'll go back and look at Romans chapter 12. R- worship is how we live. Man, give your body as a living sacrifice. Everything that you do, you do it as unto him. And that becomes worship. It's not just singing a song. That's not worship. It's how we live, right? And so everything that we do, we say, God, I want to I build up the body of Christ. So to discover these areas, so discover the areas in which the Holy Spirit seems to supernaturally empower your service to others and grow in your understanding of how God has gifted you. So that's what we ought to be doing. Let's start, you know, and maybe that's, you sit down with somebody. Maybe you sit down with family. Maybe some of you go home today, and instead of complaining about politics or complaining about you don't have a boat and you don't get to go to the lake or the school starting back or whatever you want to complain about, what if you sat down as a family with everybody that's a believer and said, hey, what do you feel like my spiritual gifts are? What do, you, what do you see God doing supernaturally in me? What if we were to sit down with our spouse and say, hey, listen, what spiritual gifts do you see in me? And then ask them, hey, do you feel like I'm using those to build up the body of Christ? And you may already know the answer to that. But maybe you're struggling to understand what your spiritual gifts are. But again, it's, it's, it seems to be like here, the Holy Spirit seems to supernaturally empower your service to others 
and grow in your understanding of that. So in other words, there's this supernatural, whatever you do, it, man, God just blesses it. It could be evangelism. Maybe you're one of those that, man, whenever you, whenever you share the gospel, man, people get saved. Well, you know what you need to be doing? You need to share that all the time, right? I, and I want to fan into flame the gift of evangelism. Man, if you have it, share it. But also prayer. Maybe you have the gift of prayer. You love to pray. I mean, like for you, it's nothing to pray for hours. And man, whenever you pray, man, things happen. We had a, a girl that went to our church. Uh, she was incredible. And uh, we always joked about her having a connection with the weatherman because we would have, we would have events and it would, it would be like a dark cloud coming of rain. And I'm thinking, hey, it's going to rain. She's like, it ain't going to rain here. And I'm thinking, have you seen that cloud? You know, and, and anyway, I watched an event one day where I was driving up to their house and there's this huge black cloud that's coming. And I'm going, I called and said, hey, listen, y'all might want to get all the equipment in because we had a band set up outside. I said, you may want to get the equipment in. Hey, it ain't going to rain here. And I was like, she done lost her mind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she is crazy. And so I get there and I pull up and I point to the cloud and I said, do you see that? I said, I'm telling you that it's, it's, it's coming this way. I was on the interstate, it's coming this way. And she goes, Pastor, it ain't praying here. I mean, it ain't raining here. And I'm thinking, all right, we're fixing to find out, you know. Because I wanted, I'll be honest with you, I wanted it to rain then. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I wanted it to rain. And, and I watched that cloud break up at their fence line. That is no lie. And so I had to eat crow. And I was like, all right, her faith is stronger than mine. Her prayer life is stronger than mine. I need to learn from her. But here's the thing. If you have the gift of prayer, hey, we want you on an intercessory prayer team. We want you praying for people. We want you praying for God to move in this place. We want you to pray for the Spirit of God to move in such a way that, man, lost people are drawn here and they're saved. We want you praying. We want you to pray for God to use this church to make a difference in this community, not just gather and do a service. You know what I'm saying? So we want to fan into flame those, those gifts that God has given you. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I love this passage. For everyone who seek, who everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. That's Jesus talking, guys. And so whenever we go, God, I, I want to know what my spiritual gifts are. You know what God's saying? Hey, listen, if you're asking, I'll reveal it to you. I will show you. I'll show you what it is. And so we've got to be willing to pursue that. And this is what I want us to understand. We were made for this. We were made for this. You, you might say, well, well, Mike, you know, you said it's only for believers. But I'm just telling you, God has shaped us and molded us in so many ways. And we're going to look at that today. But when we look back at, at Psalms 139, I love this passage. And I know this is, you know, this has probably been a popular passage this year with the Roe versus Wade and stuff. But we believe in the value of, of the human life. And I want you guys to understand what, and read with me what God's Word says. Like I said, it's not about, it's not about what politicians are saying or, or anybody else is saying. It's what, it's what does this book say? What does God's Word say? And look what it says. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. That's enough right there. That is enough. So God has made you. He has knit you together just the way that you are. Some of you don't like the way that you are. You don't like who you are. You don't like what you look like. You don't like your hair. You don't like, uh, there's so many things you don't like about yourself, but it says that God created you. He knit you together. You're, you're unique. You're special. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like you in all the earth. I don't care if you have identical twins. There's something different about you, whether it be personality or whatever. There's something different there. God has created you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I love the fact that the psalmist is saying, I know that I am complex. I know that you made me. I know that you knit me together. Don't you love that? That's the way we ought to look at ourselves. Not the way that the world is telling us, but we're saying, I'm looking at myself the way that God looks at me. 
You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Again, God's word is saying, hey, listen, man, God is knitting us together. These babies are being made, and they have a plan and a purpose, you know, and, and God wants to do great things through them. He's going to give them spiritual gifts when they put their faith in Christ. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I mean, think about that. The psalmist is saying, hey, listen, God, your thoughts about me. And so if God has these incredible thoughts about us, how can we belittle and tear down and degrade ourselves when the God who created us and the God who made us and the God who shaped us and formed us thinks so highly of us? I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. I love that. I love that. So God has made me, right? He's made every one of us. And I, I tell people this whenever I, I read Psalms 139, Psalms 139 is clear that God made us, so we are all a creation of God. But when you put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you become a child of God. So you go from being a creation of God to being a child of God. You're adopted into his family, and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and he's give, he gives you a spiritual gift to be used for the building up of the body of Christ, right? And so therefore, whenever we put our faith in Christ, we are shaped for ministry. God has shaped us for ministry. And so you need to understand that. that so however, you know, whatever you've been through, God has been shaping and molding you for ministry. And, and I hope that every one of you hear me when I say this. And if you're watching online, you hear me when I say this. There's ministry inside of you. If you're, if you're a believer, there is ministry inside of you. And you may be trying to disqualify yourself even when I say that. And you go, Mike, you just don't know who I am. I don't, but God does. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. God is saying there's ministry inside of you. And he goes, I want to use you to minister and meet the needs of the people around you. Rick, Rick uh, Warren came up with this acrostic years ago, and I love it. It's, uh, it's called it's SHAPE, and it's S-H-A-P-E, and how he talks about how God has put us together. And so God has shaped us for ministry. And the first one is spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes these, right? We, we covered that last week and today, so we know that we have spiritual gifts. Our job is to discover those and to develop those and to, and to employ those. In other words, to put them to practice. And so hopefully, again, I said this last week, maybe some of you guys came today going, God, how can you use my spiritual gifts today to help build up the body of Christ? I heard an incredible story this past week of uh, where someone showed up to church here and how our dream team ministered to that guy from the beginning of him pulling up in the parking lot until he came in here and made a decision for Christ last week. So you wonder, hey, how do I use my, my spiritual gifts of hospitality? You mean you just love on people, right? You just love on people and, man, you show acceptance to people and you walk with people. And, and so I love it whenever I see people using their spiritual gifts to help build up the body of Christ. And we, we've unpacked that. But here's another one, heart. What I love to do and or I'm passionate about. And there's some of you in this room that you're passionate about certain things. And, and, uh, and, and some of those things, maybe, hopefully, they can help be used to help build up the body of Christ. Some of those things, maybe you're passionate about the things of the world. And you've got to let go of some of those things. But here's the thing. My heart is what I love to do. And there may be some of you in here that you love construction. And, man, you want to be a part of some kind of construction team that goes out and builds houses. You know, and, and we want to get you connected with that. Um, maybe some of you guys love gardening and you love doing plants and stuff. Maybe you want to be part of helping out with the church here with campus care. You know, you want to make the campus look good. And so when people pull up, they go, you know what, man, this place is beautiful. Maybe it's photography. I don't know. Maybe you like taking pictures. Use those gifts. 
you know, or, or what you love doing. Use those things that you love doing to kind of build that up. But it's to help, help the church, right? And, and so there's so many ways that you can do it. You've got to figure out, hey, what do I love doing? We've got guys that love to fish, love to hunt, guys that love to play golf, love to play tennis. Pickleball. Pickleball is getting popular. What is that about, you know? And, and so the thing is, is you use those things to, to connect with people, and you may end up finding that is a place of ministry. Here's another abilities, what I'm able to do to help. There's some of you guys that have had training, years and years of training that you could use to help build up the church and the body of Christ. And, and you go, you know what, hey, I want to use that to minister to people. Maybe there's some, there's some families in this room, and I guarantee you there are, that are living paycheck to paycheck. They're drowning with all this inflation. They're going under, and they need help on how to put together a budget. And some of you guys, you know what, that is what you excel at because you've been doing it for years. And you say, you know what, God, I'm, I want to use the abilities that I have with finances to help someone put together a budget and to help them get out of debt. And I, I want to help them live free and not paycheck to paycheck. And so you use those abilities, right? And so that, that, that's not a spiritual gift, but here's the thing. It's an ability that you have. So you use that to minister to the needs of the people around you. Personality. It's how, how I do what I do. Now, and some people have outgoing personalities, right? We have outgoing personalities in Man, we just we make people feel warm and welcome, and uh, man, whenever they walk through the door, we, we put a smile on, and uh, man, we we make them feel like you know what? Hey, they're my best friend. They go, man, that's my best friend. And, and maybe you've got that personality. You use it to build up the body of Christ, right? And maybe you're an introvert. And you say, you know, man, I don't like being around people. So maybe you get behind the scenes. Maybe you get you know, get in a sound booth or up in the the booth up there, and you say, hey, listen, I don't really like dealing with people, but I won't. Hey, I love helping the church. However your personality has been wired, I promise you there's a place for you in the body of Christ. Experiences, what I've been through that can help. And see, there's some of you, maybe you've, you've been through tough times financially, and you, you, you've been able to overcome that, and you want to help others. Maybe some of you guys have, have been through some tough times you know, in your marriage, and you want to be able to help other people overcome some of the issues in their marriage. Maybe you, you know, you're a parent who's lost a child, and you say, hey, man, I want to, I want to walk with those who have gone through that same pain. And so whatever it may be, God doesn't waste a hurt. I know you guys know that. God doesn't waste a hurt. He never wastes a hurt. He wants to use your experiences to help build up the body of Christ. And so God has shaped us for ministry. And ministry is meeting the needs of others with God's love. That's what we do. And so hopefully everybody in here goes, you know what, God, what is my ministry? And I know oftentimes what we do is we think the ministry or minister is like Mike. I'm a pastor. My job is to equip the people for the works of ministry. So what's more effective? You know, me and Tony and Nate and a couple of us doing the, all the ministry of the church are having all of these people. Look around you for a second. Just look to your left and to your right. Some funny looking people in here, isn't it? All right, so but look around to the, to the people around and say, you know what? Those are ministers. Those are people that care about people. Those are people that have, God has given a spiritual gift. Some of them, now there may be some lost people in here that do not have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They do not have a spiritual gift. And so you know what? God may, be ha may have you sitting by that person to minister to them. And that ministry may be that you have the gift of prayer. And so right now you begin to pray for the lost per person sitting on your left and the lost person sitting on your right. Or the lost person that's watching online from somewhere in the world. And you begin to minister to them by using your spiritual gift of prayer to pray for their salvation and pray for God to give them ears to hear and eyes to see pray for them to take that step of faith but what I'm saying is God has put ministry in your heart He's shaped you for it and if we just sit on our hands and we sit on our gifts and we sit on all those things that God has given us then we're missing out on what the church could do and what the church could be 
Every believer is a minister. It's not an option. To me, every minister is an evangelist. They just may not have the gift of evangelism. So how you live is part of your witness. How you talk is part of your witness. How you dress is part of your witness. Everything that you do, you're a minister and you're an evangelist. And then here's another one. Every believer has a spiritual gift. We know that. I mean, God's word is clear, right? We all have that spiritual gift. So here's some next steps maybe for, for us today. And this first one's the most important to me. Surrender my life to Jesus and receive salvation by faith in what Jesus has done to redeem me. Because you don't even get a spiritual gift until that takes place, right? So if you're watching online, you've never put your faith in Christ, that's the decision that needs to be made. Maybe you're sitting here in the room, you go, you know what? Man, I've been going to church for years. I've never, I've never surrendered my life to Christ. I've never put my faith in Jesus for salvation. You, maybe you're like me. I, I had gone for years. For 19 years of my life, I had gone and I knew the stories of the Bible. I knew that Jesus died on the cross. I knew that he was resurrected. I even knew that he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out of the grave. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. But man, I was not a believer. I was just religious, right? I, I had religion, but I did not have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, by faith. I did not have that. Until I was 19 years old, and I realized, you know what, man, I don't know where I'll spend eternity. I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. But I can remember walking an aisle, man, I can remember nailing that down. And I got up and I walked out of there at the age of 19, born again. I walked out of there redeemed. I walked out of there washed by the blood of Christ. I walked out of there saved. And here's the thing, God began to change and transform me and work in my life. And He began to reveal His gifts to me. And I can remember telling God everything I was not going to do. And he said, hey, listen, don't, don't tell me that. Those are the things you're going to do. But I'm just saying, man, we've just got to be willing to start here. We surrender. We surrender. We say, God, here I am. I, I'll give you everything that I've got. We embrace the Holy Spirit that is placed within me and discover the gifts he has for me. See, instead of being afraid of the Holy Spirit, we go, Holy Spirit, I want you to take over. I want you to reveal everything that I need to know from God's Word, and I want you to reveal how you want to work in me and through me. We've got to embrace that, not run from it. Use my gifts to build the body of Christ. It's a no-brainer, right? That's what Scripture says to do. That is a command that we are to use those. And so we make that decision. and say, God, I'm going to use my gifts to build up the body of Christ. I'm not going to come in here and just soak it up. I'm going to come in here and get equipped, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to make a difference. And here's the thing. Ministry does not just take place inside these four walls. I hope you guys know that. But I believe that God does bring us here sometimes to, number one, to ignite us, to inspire us, and to challenge us. But he sends us out into this world to live out our faith. That's where ministry really hits the road. And then here's another. Attend the serve class on the 14th. You go, man, I need to discover how God has gifted me to, to, to serve. But I also want to serve the body of Christ. I want to serve here at the church. I want to help people take steps towards Jesus. And maybe it's been in a parking lot or it's a greeter, or cafe, or children's ministry. But you go, you know what, God, I, I just want to help people come to Jesus. And what believer would not want to do that? I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what step do I need to take today? Holy Spirit, will you show me the step that I need to take today? There may be some of you in the room or some of you walking online just need to say, God, will you, make, will you show me? Am I, am I saved? Am I just religious? Is 
my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Am I, when I die, am I going to heaven? God, I want to know. God, I want to know without a shadow of a doubt. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, then I want to give you that opportunity. And right where you are, you say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you left heaven. I believe that you came here. And you went to that cross to pay for my sins, for the sins of the world. And Jesus, I know I can't earn salvation, but I sure do desire it. And with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to give me the gift of salvation. So Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader, my Lord? I, I surrender. And if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer and you're in this room, if you don't mind, would you just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer with you. Anybody in here just say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody just raise your hand high. Maybe you, you prayed that prayer watching online. If you pray that prayer online, text us and say, text my decision in 94,000. We want to know. That tells me there's a lot of believers in this room. And if there's that many believers in this room, why are we not using our gifts to help build up the body of Christ? Why are we sitting on our gifts? Why are we not using what God has given us and how he shaped us for ministry to make a difference in the body of Christ? Why are we just sitting in a chair? Why are we just soaking it up? So I want to ask you, Ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, show me the step I need to take today. Show me the step I need to take today. And how I can use how I've been shaped to minister and meet the needs of others with God's love. I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction right now. But when God brings conviction, it's not just so we feel bad. It's not just so that we see it. It's so that we can move. So that we can respond. So that we can lay it down. So that we can let it go. And so I believe that God is, is dealing with some hearts in this room. And I just want to encourage you to trust Him. Trust the Holy Spirit. Trust Him to use you. To build up the body of Christ. I want to ask everybody just to stand. I'm going to pray for us, and the worship team's going to—they're going to come and they're going to play, and the worship, uh, the prayer team will be here at the front to pray with you. But I want to encourage you to do whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to do, whatever He leads you to. If it's to come and pray together here at the altar, if it's to take your spouse by the hand and come down, to take your family by the hand and go down and pray, I want to encourage you to do that. Whatever the Holy Spirit's leading, trust Him. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, I thank you that you have gifted us and you have shaped us and you have made us. Father, we want to do what we've been made for, what we've been shaped for. God, we want to minister to you first and foremost. And so, God, we want to honor you with our gifts and our abilities. God, with everything that you've given us, God, we want to honor you. But, God, we also want to help build up the church, the body of Christ. We want to be a bold witness in this community of how you can change and transform a life. So, God, we thank you for meeting with us today. And, God, I pray that we would be obedient to respond as your Holy Spirit leads right now in Jesus' name.